Hello, everybody out there. Welcome to the Limit Up Podcast. I am Jack Pelzer, joined not by Dan Hodgman, but by John Doherty. JD, how are you doing today? Hey, Jack. Feeling great. Uh, thanks for having me back. It's been, uh, I'd say, over a year since I joined you on the podcast. Happy to be here. I know. You you mentioned that. Nothing bad happened last time or anything like that. We'd still love to have you on. <laughs> Thank you. I should have gone back and listened to it just to make sure, but I just didn't have the time today. It's been a year. Everyone's forgotten. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, uh, at the top here, I wanted to say that this is not live on YouTube. We are coming to you from 24 hours earlier at 3 o'clock on Wednesday, December 14th. So bear with us here. We don't know what crazy stuff happened tomorrow yet, but we're going to break down a little bit of the Fed stuff and talk today about what levels matter in a fast market, which is something that will be of special interest to day traders out there. But before we get started, we won't do a full recap because you already know what we don't. But we would want to talk a little bit about the price action today around the Fed and maybe look at some patterns in the equities. So, J.D., I uh, understand you have a little bit of that to start. Oh, yeah. Just taking a quick glance at these uh, ES and NASDAQ charts. Uh, yesterday, if those, uh, I should say Tuesday, after those CPI numbers, we tested the uh, those highs going back to September. Uh, September 13th, I believe, is the last high the ES put in. And uh, yeah, basically came right back in line. Right now, we're looking at uh, the ES is up about 15% since hitting that. October 13th low. So we're in a solid uptrend right now, just a mini uptrend. And I'm looking at uh, this kind of broadening triangle uh, pattern formation happening in the ES and the NQ right now. Uh, if you look just going back to uh, mid-November till the last couple of days, you could see this sort of mini broadening pattern happening. Ah, uh, yes. And it's right in the middle of this sort of congestion area going back, what is it, early June, it looks like. Uh, but like I said, it's just a mini pattern right now. Usually you see these broadening uh, formations happening at major tops and bottoms, but we see it happening sort of in the middle of a range right now. So curious to see what happens there in the next couple of weeks. Uh, momentum still pointing up, you know, we're above all these short-term moving averages, above the 50-day moving average. Uh, so things are still looking pretty positive in equities to me right now. Yeah, we got that double bottom down at 3,600, which has been the real kind of line in the sand here where there's been one wick that pushed below it before it rocketed back. I remember that. That was on Veterans Day. That was when Dan had the bad beat at 3,502. He had to get below 3,500, and it came back above 4,000. But for closes, right in that range, you know, not too far from 3,600, you got that double bottom, and then it has been in an upward trend. The real thing I'll be looking at, we are still just dancing around I can't even see where it's at right now, but that 200-day uh, moving average in the ES, that's been the real, it's the magnet that's bringing everything back. We haven't been able to consistently get above that. Like a pretty bearish thing is just how, you know, back in mid-August, the previous high that was at about uh 4,300, 4,320, something like that. It just bounced right off that 200-day moving average. And we haven't been above the 200-day moving average since uh, back in March to early April, right? We've been bouncing off of it. Mm -hmm. So I would be interested to see if we can hold above that. Right now, it's sucking everything right to it, which is one of the levels we'll be talking about when we talk about fast markets is I noticed yesterday with the crazy CPI number, 
the action after that, that it did get sucked right back down to around that 200-day moving average. Before we go into that topic, though, something I've been interested about, I've been reading on Bloomberg today. I didn't, I didn't hear about this, that this was a thing, that people have been wondering about the trading activity that took place at 7.29 a.m., Central Time yesterday in the minute before the CPI was released. <laughs> and so I know the uh, White House press secretary got asked if it was leaked. I mean, they don't know anything about that. I'm not saying that they do. They, I mean, like, but it is interesting. I went back and looked. I don't have the minute data for back at previous ones, but there were m- much more volume. So uh, ES spiked about a percent. Um, on 4,000 contracts, but the ZN, 13,000 contracts traded in that minute before, which is unusual. And uh, it went in the direction that was shortly thereafter established as this like blow off top that came right back. So what do you think about that? I know stuff like that has happened before where usually by mistake, uh, do you recall this? I remember like Back when I was trading, like five to ten years ago, something like that, there was an unemployment number that somehow some doofus managed to put it out or something like that. I don't understand why they even do these embargoes. So just so you know, on these big numbers, you might be like, how can these news agencies get uh, these short stories out so quickly after something like unemployment? Like a minute later, they're out. And it's because I believe they still do this. And I don't know why there's some like embargo time where they like lock everyone in the room and jd tell me if i'm talking out my ass and you're like we ended this years ago but i believe that there's like a bunch of reporters that get like locked in a room take away their cell phones and then they give them the numbers so they can start writing the stories and then can't release until 7 30 central or whatever the number comes out that sounds pretty accurate to me uh i have heard this also i don't think the practice has changed uh i could be mistaken also so no i do not think you're uh speaking incorrectly i should no <laughs> i was gonna throw an expletive out there but uh yeah and it's uh when you see that kind of price activity happening the minute before you i mean the conspiracy theorist and all of us says yeah automatically this number was leaked you know who let the cat out of the bag kind of thing so it is questionable activity but it would be hard. Just, I think it's something interesting. Now, a lot of times when stuff happens, it's lower, there's going to be lower liquidity and stuff. Mm -hmm. Then you never know what, I think I said this a lot on the show is you never know what some entity is hedging, right? Mm -hmm. They might, you get filled on options or whatever other derivatives you're using. And then you're like, well, I need to get flat or get flat Delta right now. It could have just been the new guy getting lucky with a fat finger too. Uh, You really never know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what what makes me not think it's a conspiracy is you'd have to be it is that is the most obvious right up there with like a pump and dump, the most mm-hmm. obvious form of market manipulation. It's not like you're not going to get asked questions. If you were to trade, you know, 10,000 ES futures at a huge profit 1 minute before the number, you're going to attract attention and they're going to find out whether you got that number beforehand or not. So, it's not worth going to jail over. That's Absolutely the biggest not. thing. You know, we talk about not blowing out accounts, you know, managing your risk. Managing not going to jail is an underrated part of trading. <laughs> that is the bare minimum you should do. And uh, we've seen a number of people, including uh, our friend SBF, kind of uh, ignore that advice. 
So going back to that move, huge move off of CPI yesterday, came in cooler than expected. We have the added info of the Fed talk today. We were interested in discussing because we had a make hoag money yesterday with Anne-Marie Ban, and she does a lot of her trading around options data and big technical numbers and is pretty patient with those. And one of her trades paid off really well. So when you have these huge knee-jerk moves, you want to get in a trade. And we're kind of thinking about what are the big levels to look out for at that point so that you're not just kind of chucking things into the market. JD, I'll let you go first with any thoughts you have, and then I'll throw a few as well. Yeah, first of all, if uh, you're not used to trading in times of high volatility, you might want to take a step back just because um, for some people, uh, for inexperienced traders, if you're not scaling back your, uh, I guess, your time frames uh, and not getting a look at the broader picture, it is akin to just basically shooting from the hip and uh, trying to get lucky on a couple of trades here and there. So I just... Uh, it's something I can't get behind. I did it myself. It doesn't work. Uh, so I would recommend trying to stay away from that uh, type of trading. Uh, and in the spirit of that, I would say first thing you have to do is look for those broader levels. If you watched, uh, we could throw a link. No, we can't throw a link. I could throw a link to uh, Anne Marie's broadcast yesterday, but she talked a lot about uh, those weekly and monthly levels going back, looking at those, uh, those broader longer term highs and lows, the longer term, uh, swing highs and lows areas of previous congestion areas of major previous congestion. Those are the types of levels you want to, I would say you want to be looking for. If you're looking at a 30 minute chart, trying to trade what happened during that CPI number yesterday or a 15 minute chart, I should say, uh, you're just not getting a look at the bigger picture and you need to, uh, sort of take a step back and look for those bigger levels, the longer term moving averages. Uh, yeah, just right. expanding time frames. I want to talk a little bit too about, yeah, that's why you always got to start with at least your daily chart and going back. I want to talk a little bit about why, and I've put them on my charts as well now, just to be more cognizant because the really great trade that got done yesterday to make Hogue money was off of, I believe, the previous monthly high at uh 4095 we almost top ticked the market there mm -hmm. and the reasoning behind it we've been talking options before is i think what makes especially these monthly high lows uh, the highest close stuff like that important has to do with understanding sort of how options work right and you can do some of this with the volume profile market profile as well but there are monthly options expirations. And the sort of, I hate saying smart money, but like the big money, the, the, the market makers and things like that and options are going to try and they're trying to minimize their pain and trying to maximize the pain of others. And so as those expire, they're trying to get the prices that are important for them as far as their books and things like that more so than some random wick. Uh, so the monthly close, that's why it's important. And people will be reevaluating on a long-term, not not even a long-term, but evaluating what's important and what do I believe at those points. So I think that the month high, uh, high, low, and open 
are a great thing to have in your charts and to look at. The other one is we did end up just closing today, and you guys will know what happened tomorrow, but we closed today pretty much right at the, I can't even tell the difference on my chart between, it looks like we closed almost exactly at the 200-day moving average for the ES, mm-hmm. which after, I didn't get to, I read initially what Powell said, that he was being, I mean, the Fed was hawkish in the announcement. They did the 50 basis points, which was expected. That's a slowdown from the 75 basis points. But the ex- expectation for what the terminal rates are went up because they are still beating the drum of inflation, where I think we probably have crested, but they don't want to see asset prices get out of control and kind of ruin everything there. Did you have any takeaways on uh, any of the Fed stuff today? Just a little bit. I mean, between the Fed raising rates, we still have uh, year over year, CPI showed inflation was up over 7% year over year. Hourly wages down year over year. Those are significant things moving uh, when you're looking at these rates moving forward too, I think. Uh, So even though he was talking a little hawkish and maybe starting to curb, hinting at curbing future interest rate hikes, I still think that we're not quite out of the woods yet as far as inflation goes. No, they'll have to keep on. I I think what he risked the most is losing the authority it's it's sort of like one of those, I'm not comparing any of these people to mobsters, but it's sort of like <laughs> yeah, mobster movies or something like that where you have to be given the, uh, you got to seem like you're in control of the situation, even if you're, you know, a guy Joe Pesci's size or something like that. Uh, <laughs> the second you let your guard down or look soft on something, it's almost like prison rules or something like that. Uh, people will take advantage of you. And I think that that's what's happening now. If it weren't for sort of market, expectations, asset markets. So I'm thinking specifically bonds and stocks right now, treasury bonds, uh, which are both going bid, right? If he's, if those rate expectations lower is he's got to tell them to pump the brakes because it'll ruin everything. Like say we had, and this is one thing that would make me feel on a longer, you know, if I was like a swing trader, a little better about going short positions. I mean, he does not want to see the, S&P go back to like 4,800 or something like that. Because mm-hmm. it would just undermine everything you say. It would, it would just basically mean mar- markets are, are calling your bluff. They're saying, you're not going to do this. You're not going to hold them long. You could already see this divergent. They released their dot plots and the market expectations based on the yield curves. It'll never, uh, I'll never not be messed up because I have mirroring on my Zoom. So I see my hand go out and it's going this way. I guess I want, okay. The um, expectations of the market for what future interest rates are going to be in Fed cuts is completely decoupled from the Fed dot plot. And there's even some jabroni on the Fed who has like a a five and a half percent Fed rate in like 2025 or something like that. I don't know if that's helpful, but they voted unanimously. unanimously That would have been my, yeah. They voted unanimously on it. Unanimously on it. That's that's a hard word to say. I cannot talk right now. I'm taking a sip of water. Yeah, so that's an others. Oh, go ahead, Jay. I was just going to say, circling back to, uh, I shouldn't have said that. I hate saying circling back. But that ties into uh, sort of what Anne-Marie was saying in her broadcast yesterday also. She made a great analogy about uh, setting up your chessboard for the day. You know, uh, you have your game plan ready, but it's good to know what everybody else's game plan is to what they're watching. And uh, this all ties in together. 
And if you look at some of those options, things like I know that you can get the max pain for market makers and stuff and things like the SPX, you see where they want things to go and where they don't want them to go. And I think that's important information to have where it's going to take a lot of effort to get option market makers away from the place that they want to go there. Likely something exogenous, right? Something unexpected happens. And they're, they're not always right. They're going to lose money sometimes, even in the way that they hedge these things and get back to them. But you see where they feel most comfortable with things going at the moment. And that's why looking at something like the put call ratio or the uh, put premium versus options premium is interesting because then you know where people are thinking this is going to go and putting their money behind that bet as well. So beyond the moving averages, so 50, 200-day moving average, month, open, close, high, low. Beyond that, you can look at things like we did earlier in there. You got to go back in time on a longer time frame and check out previous bottoms, tops, uh, gaps especially. We don't have many around where we are now, but I know that was a huge thing after COVID when we were taken off. We had all these gaps that never filled. And that's with the CPI number yesterday, that's what happened. Textbook gap getting filled. It had this huge acceleration upward in the uh, equities with this sort of euphoric, hey, we finally came in cool on inflation. And then I think people are like, wait, it's not the inflation number that means anything. It's what the Fed does tomorrow. And he doesn't want to see the asset prices rally uh, euphorically. So, oops, time to get out. And then it came <laughs> crashing back down to uh, around the month uh, high from last month, I believe. Let me take a little bit chart real quick. Yeah, it was. Just mentioned that up minute ago well we took out the high from uh september during yeah. that spike higher which was at 41.75 this is on a continuation chart also i'm looking at right now i mean if you go if you go way back like if you really you're talking about like important levels and stuff like that if you go way back in the es to uh, like the highs of last year right you almost have an exact straight line of lower highs like it's it's almost like i i hadn't like scanned out and looked at this perfectly this i think is another reason why we're kind of sticking in this range here around the 200 day moving average right you have mm -hmm. this line that pretty much ha has three touches and this is the fourth right here and that signals that this is a level that everyone's thinking about right. um this is where I wouldn't get too hyper about sticking with conviction one way or another because if it, you know, if it pivots lower, I think that that's just sort of a continuation of the pattern. But we did have, as I mentioned, the uh, the bottoms we had almost three touches, but then we had that sort of you know almost like the bottom of a bowl or something like that. So we haven't that pattern has kind of ceased to exist. So I think to be like powerfully short, you got to see that 3,600 get taken out at some point. Mm -hmm. We're still in a pretty low risk entry level to be short right now too. So uh, keeping a close eye on volume and open interest in the short term, something to consider also. I think so too. Uh, there's a lot of 
things being short right now, there, there's not the fear. If you think about last year, you'd have to be mad to be short um, because there just was so much froth going on. But as long as Powell is speaking like he does, that's the one big – it's like the opposite of the Fed put, kind of saying, like, no, it's not going to go too high. And then beyond that, you have a lot of tax loss harvesting as we get into um, – the end of the year. And by the way, if you got losers to get rid of, now's the time to do it. Get those, uh, not on the day trading time frame, obviously, but um, say you got some uh, Wayfair stock or Tesla or uh, Meta, the company formerly known as Facebook, <laughs> or I could just name the entire NASDAQ 100 right now. Uh, yeah, maybe look at some tax rebates there. Cool. So, yeah, we've talked about so past points of congestion um, and those to kind of like finish up here. Once you get that list, don't force yourself to trade unless one of those comes into play. Especially when things are going crazy, going back and forth like mad and people are looking for something to stick to. They're not going to do it at some crappy level right that 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 might matter in a much slower market right mm -hmm. they're only going to care about where the fights are going to happen are at these big important levels and yep. everything else you know it'll come or it won't but don't force the trade just because there's a lot of stuff going on yeah you could also take i think an underutilized tool that many platforms offer now is the uh the delta chart that shows the uh, mm -hmm. sort of the scale of market buys and market sell orders coming in at each price. This is great for shorter term retail traders. Also, if you're only in there for uh, if you're if the market's moving and you're looking to looking for that quick fade opportunity, uh, that's something you might want to look into. Also, when you see those numbers start to get a little lopsided, possibly looking at a momentary change in direction. So if you're not savvy with the option game. Yeah, those delta charts might be what you're looking for also. But yeah, I encourage you, even if you just trade futures, uh, maybe learn a little bit about options and how they affect uh, market pricing for things, or at least the basics. You know, mm -hmm. you can get your PhD, and many people have, in options pricing and things like that. But you don't need to be, uh, you know, Black Shoals over here. A little bit will go a long way, so at least you don't get over. I feel like when people make bad trades at bad levels, sometimes it's out of the word's not ignorance, but like not not knowing, right? Mm -hmm. Just getting run over someplace because they are not aware of a very important level that is lurking somewhere else. So I think it would be beneficial to spend time looking at the longer term charts. And uh, things will go a lot better for you. So, JD, you got any parting thoughts on this? We're coming to them from the past. So, do we want to like talk about some end of the year stuff? What are we going to make predictions? Let's see. I should have come prepared. I think I could pull up our blog from uh, last year. Thankfully, see... I think I was out of town when um those predictions were made so i think i missed last year <laughs> i'm just curious to see how Let's we did see if you can find them by the way let's uh make that for next week we will find those and i will even if i'm by myself i will release an addendum holding you know 
holding task to us about who made what predictions and you know who said who said bitcoin 100k <clears throat> that was you right did i say bitcoin 100k yeah i said bitcoin 113 oh okay well but nobody uh, just yeah bonus. everybody was right around 70 90 uh what else do we have i had s&p 4550 to close the year not bad had, Hogan had 6,500. Ooh. Uh, Did I give one? Uh, no, you were out. So I oh. made I made picks in your stead, but uh. Oh well, thank you. Sure. That was a, that was a reasonable one. We could still hit 4,500 at the end of the year. Be, uh, <laughs> Powell would not like it though. So, JD, thanks for uh, stopping by today. Yeah. Um, oh, this was great. Thanks for having me. I yeah, always enjoy well, talking with you guys. Yeah, we'll bring you again again. We'll bring you in again sometime. Can't speak English at the end of the day. So, yeah, thanks, JD. Uh, thanks, everyone. We'll have uh, limited programming next week. We'll have Coach's Playbook. We'll have the forecast and recap. And then we'll be kind of wrapping things up for the year, given that Friday next week is Christmas Eve. So No, no, the day before Christmas Eve. So everybody out there, have a happy hot. This is getting absurd. Take a sip of water again. <laughs> While you're taking a sip of water, I uh, just want to let you know, uh, this week will be the final uh, weekly kickoff of the year too, but uh, if you haven't subscribed to it, go to our website. Subscribe for the weekly kickoff because we've got a, uh, a whole new fresh look coming out for the first trading day of the year. So Sick. keep an eye out for that. You know what I think it is? is I have trouble talking. If, if you have these monitors on where you're hearing sort of a recorded version of yourself, Mm-hmm. It's difficult. I could never do morning radio or something like that. <laughs> anyway, have a great holiday, everyone. Stay safe. Trade well. Stay. <laughs> See, now I'm sewing my head on it. All right, everybody out there, stay safe. Namaste and trade well. The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.